Google opens its first retail store. IKEA teams up with Sonos for a new picture frame speaker. Suddenly, I'm into journaling. Plus, your tech questions answered. What's going on? I'm Rich Demiro, and this is Rich on Tech, the podcast where I talk about the tech stuff I think you should know about. It's also the place where I answer the questions you send me. My name is Rich Demiro once again. I'm the tech reporter at KTLA Channel 5 in Los Angeles. Welcome to the show. And boy, was it a scorcher in Los Angeles this week. Really, really hot here in Los Angeles. It also happened to be opening, a reopening. I don't know what you want to call it. I, I called it California Independence Day, but that's not the right explanation because that, that sounds like uh, something yeah, different. <laughs> so uh, it's really California. I think they called it reopening day. I don't know. But anyway, uh, the irony of that day is that it was like a really hot day this week. And I also didn't really leave my house that day. Uh, even though it was like the first day where everything, I mean, all the restrictions, pretty much all the restrictions were lifted. Um, I also went into KTLA this week, which was kind of cool. We're celebrating 30 years for the morning news. And I've been there for 10 of those 30, which is wild. So I've been there for a third of the time that our show has existed. So I did an interview, uh, was at the station and, you know, I, we did the interview in the parking lot, but I did go into the station to like chat with some folks and everyone's like, when are you coming back? When are you coming back? When are you coming back? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But I, I think I came up with a plan to just kind of go back, um, so we'll see. I, th I think my plan is going to work. But there, you know, it wasn't really my decision. It's still not my decision. I mean, I have people that I answer to. I know it seems like I don't, but I do. Um, and they are the ones that call the shots. And believe me, I've been asking them, like, hey, when do I get to go back? And it's a little complicated. It's a little inside baseball. But, you know, I do a lot of my segment um, on the anchor desk, which, you know, right now we haven't been having other people on that desk. So that's, you know, it's just a lot of different things. And I think they just got me comfortable. They just got comfortable with me working from home and it seemed to work. So, but at this point, you know, the, every comment on everything I post is like, Rich, when are you going back in? So I'm working on it. Believe me, we're, we're trying to make me back in there. I, I mean, I've gotten comfortable working from home. I have everything at my fingertips, which I love, but I also miss the energy and, you know, the professionalism of working at work. I mean, I have like a real studio with real lighting and real microphones and real everything. And so that's, that's kind of nice. So, um, I'll be back there soon, but, uh, yeah, interesting. Anyway, uh, let's get to a couple things this week, by the way, uh, the stories I did on KTLA just went wild. It was so, so, um, interesting to watch the, the Tesla of e-bikes, the van move story went completely, uh, viral. I don't know how, but it's, it was like the top story on the KTLA website for so many days. Like they were just one, they, everyone was like scratching their heads. Like what's going on here? I couldn't figure out the source. It just seemed to go viral like worldwide. And so it just got picked up and people just kept clicking it. Same thing on my, on my Facebook page, facebook.com slash rich on tech. People were watching the video that I did and it was like a slow burn. Like sometimes things don't go viral instantly. It takes a little bit, but all of a sudden it's like this video just started like comments and shares and everything just started pouring in. So that was pretty cool. Um, and then this other video I did on this, oh my gosh, this ice cube challenge, not challenge, this ice cube grilling trick. I was at my friend's house and he's grilling up burgers and he has ice cubes on them, which I had never seen before. And so I was like, what's going on here? And he's like, oh, I read a, a trick where it cooks the, you know, the, the inside doesn't get 
dried out while the outside cooks. I don't know, something like that. And so I was like, wait, what? And so I took a picture, I posted it. And next thing you know, people are going wild over that on my Facebook page. And then we talked about it on KTLA. And then that story went viral, you know, so they shared it with all the different stations. And then, I mean, it was, it was a good week. So I will, I, there was actually another story I did on the shower head that I, I'm, I'll talk about a little bit later in the show, but a new shower head that's all high tech and that went viral. So, I mean, it was just pretty wild, but, uh, so, uh, and I guess I can talk about, you know, what? I'll just go into the first story of the week, uh, with this because I've been keeping a new journal with day one because, uh, they inspired me because they got purchased by automatic and automatic is the company that runs WordPress and a whole bunch of other things. And so once, and I was familiar with day one and I've been keeping a paper journal, um, since the beginning of the year, but it, I really am bad about writing in it because a, my handwriting is horrible and B it's really tough at the end of the night to like sit there and like right before you go to sleep, like remember to write something down. And this is like one page a day kind of, or one line a day. And so I would be really bad about it. And I knew once I started writing in that journal that I really enjoyed doing it because it makes you reflect on your day it, you remember little moments that your kids did or that you had in your life. And so I, I got the the journal bug, but I just the execution was not right. And so once day one was purchased by Automatic, I said, you know what? I've got this app on my phone. Let me just start using it because it's so much easier. We're on our phones anyway. I know we shouldn't be before we go to sleep. And so it takes me just a second to type out a little something on my you know daily journal. But then I installed it on my computer and now I'm like Mr. Journal. So I'm journaling throughout the day with little moments. And what I'm talking about with the with the wins at work is I started a work journal. So now I can like remember little things for work, like things that worked, things that didn't work and, you know, little wins. I can take screenshots. I mean, I've got to say, if you've ever been kind of like thinking about journaling, uh, download the day one app. And the reason why I say this is because there's a lot of journaling apps out there. Day one seems to be the best. It was independent before they got purchased. And now that they're purchased, hopefully they should be around for a long time. I mean, that's the idea for a journal, right? You keep it for a really long time. But they also have some really cool features. Uh, privacy is front and center. So it's end-to-end encryption, which is in every entry in every journal. Um, now they're going to make it so that you can share to like Tumblr and WordPress, which is interesting. Um, I don't need that, but maybe some people would. Um, you can also publish these as hardcover books. So that's kind of cool is that you can, you know, I don't know how, you know, deep and, and sentimental you're getting in your journal, but, you know, it could be nice to print it out and maybe, you know, if you're not ready to share it with your family, like lock it away and, you know, until whatever, and then they can open it and for your kids. I mean, I, that's the way I feel. It's like, it, it's such an, I don't know, maybe are my kids going to want to peer into my mind as, you know, I don't know. I mean, when they're older, I don't know. When I'm gone, I mean, it's kind of weird, right? But it's also kind of cool. Uh, it's available on iPhone, iPad, Apple Watch, Mac, Android, and browser extensions. And again, it just, you can do audio, you can do pictures. So like last night, my wife and I went to dinner. And so, you know, I just posted like the picture in there. I said, hey, first dinner out since the pandemic kind of, not is over, but, you know, in Los An- in California, it they, you know, they lifted all the restrictions. And so we went out for dinner. And I put that in there. It's like, a, you know, something that I would see in my photos but I might not remember the significance. I mean, I probably would because it's a big one, but it's just kind of fun to put it in the journal. So anyway, 
Uh, day one, really cool. And I mentioned it with the work stuff because with my stories this week that did really well, I put them in my journal as kind of like a little win, you know, like here's a, you know, a screenshot of the top stories on the KTLA website. And it just reminds me that like, you know, the things that I'm doing do have an impact and it's just, it's just kind of fun to, 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 I don't know, to do this. So um, let me know if you uh, keep a journal. I think it's pretty cool. All right, let's get to the first question of the show. Maria says, good morning. We're ready to purchase a laptop for our daughter. She recently graduated from Sonora. I'll just leave that out. (laughs) She's going to attend UC Santa Cruz and major in biology and genetics. What's the best laptop on the market to the best of your knowledge? Um, And a backup drive. I think that's what it's called. Where can we find one? Thank you, Maria. Uh, All right, so... I would recommend, I know you're going to say, oh, Rich with the Apple fanboy again. Okay, yes, it's it's going to be a MacBook. I mean, it's going to be a MacBook. And I would recommend, depending on your budget, because MacBooks are more expensive than you can buy a $500 Windows computer, but look, it's not going to last you. If you look at you know, what I would consider to be kind of the Windows equivalent of the MacBook, it's probably the Surface. And you know that's going to run you $1,000 by the time you get all the accessories. So I would say go with the MacBook, the M1, the MacBook Air. It's going to be about a thousand bucks, a little bit less with the student discount. Definitely take advantage of that. And I think it's going to last her. uh, I know it's going to last her all four years. Maybe if she's doing biology and genetics, maybe it's five years. Um, But it's it's a little bit more expensive. But you have to do the math over the, the the years, and in that time, it will. Pay, I say it'll pay for itself because she's going to get a great job out of this. This computer is going to be no fuss. It's going to work. You've got the Apple stores to bring it to if there's a problem. Um, while I don't recommend any type of insurance on it, a lot of people do get that. I don't personally get that. I don't recommend it. I would say if something ever happens to the computer, just pay for the, uh, you know, the repair out of pocket. And if you want to get insurance, um, you know, what I recommend to people is just save the money, like save like $25 a month and put it in like a little, little account on the side and just call it your, your own Apple insurance. Right. And then if something happens by that time, let's say it's four months down the road, you have a hundred dollars towards your repair. And let's say it's six months down the road. Now you have, you know, six times 25, whatever that is. Oh, I need to do my math better. Oh, that's terrible that I don't know that. I should know that. That's a, a buck 50. So a dollar, $150. Now the two repairs that I've gotten on my MacBooks have both been uh, $600 repairs. They've been the screen. So those were, that was a pretty hefty repair. You'll be surprised to find that a lot of the little things that go wrong, if they do go wrong, Apple will cover because you have a, you have a warranty on this device. So that's my advice. Um, and I think, you know, if you want to go with the MacBook Pro, if you have a little bit more in your budget, that would be just a little bit more equipped for her. But I don't think she's doing video editing. I don't think she's doing a lot of things that require that. So my advice is to get the most memory. And I think they max out, I think, either 8 or 16 on these computers. But the most memory and the most hard drive. That's my advice there. Now, as for a backup, you can just go to Costco, buy a, a standard hard drive there. Last I saw, it was like 59 bucks for like a two terabyte drive. Very inexpensive. Get that and uh, plug it into the computer and do what's called a time machine backup. It will back everything up to the hard drive. Every time you plug, a, plug in that hard drive, it will back up the machine automatically. And if you ever have a problem, you know, keep the two things separate. 
if you ever have a problem with the hard drive on the computer, you just restore it from that uh, time machine backup and it will be perfect. So good luck to your daughter. Very exciting that she's going to college and uh, some fun times ahead for her. Google is opening its first ever retail store. They say their first ever physical retail store. So I think they've had like pop-ups here and there, but this is their first ever, you know, they don't call it a permanent store. They don't call it a permanent space. You never know with Google because they, they cancel things so quickly over there. But um, June 17th is, uh, is the day it opened in New York City. And uh, I actually asked them if I can go to this store and they said, no, they're like, we're not doing any opportunities for, for you. I don't know why, because they let in a whole bunch of like, you know, team pixel folks, but I guess uh, for folks like me, they're like, nah, we don't, we don't really want the coverage from you. But anyway, I covered it anyway for KTLA because they did send me some pictures and videos and it looks really cool. It looks very googly. Uh, It's got, you know, these nice neutral colors. It's got a lot of different spaces. It's a pretty big store. Um, so the thing about this store is that, look, it's not an Apple store, but it's, you know, it kind of, it might be a a similar space. Um, Apple has like 500 stores and this is Google's first. So they've got some catching up to do, but we also know the market share of pixel is, is a lot lower. And a lot of these Google devices, you know, they don't have the same ecosystem that Apple does, but the reality is this could be a chicken or the egg kind of thing because when you think about why a lot of people get something like an iPhone or a, a MacBook or whatever, it's because you know you have a place to go when you have trouble with that. And so if you knew that for Pixel or you can go somewhere to learn about it or you can go somewhere for troubleshooting, maybe you'd get more of those products. So, Or if you can try them out. I mean, if you've been to like a, a big box retailer, uh, so sad these days. You go in there and everything's broken and there's dust everywhere and the, the displays are dirty and just so unkept. And it's one of these things where like I am... I am truly grateful that I get this stuff sent to me by the tech companies. I get to play with it in the, you know, privacy of my own home and the comfort of my home. And I get to form my opinions on a lot of stuff based on what I test out. And if I didn't have that, like if my only frame of reference was like going to a big box retailer and looking at these things, a lot of times they have like, you know, those, those uh, security ropes on them. They're, they're, they're all tied down, you know, they're all just like grimy and yucky and half of them are broken, displays don't work or it's a dummy model. I mean, that's that's really tough to make a six to a $600 to $1,000 decision on a device that you can barely touch and hold, right? And you can buy it and return it, but that's not very likely for most people. People don't want to do that. So, I think that these are smart. I think it's a good way for people to actually play with gadgets that are at these stores and that Google sells. And I thought it was kind of cool in their blog post, Google said that they actually built a full-scale mock-up of the space at their hangar in Mountain View, which is so cool. Only Google would do that, right? I'm sure Apple does similar stuff. Um, But this is also kind of just showing off everything, how Google products work. They say it's a light-filled space that's centered around experiencing the helpfulness of our products which, you know, it looks that way. Uh, There's a cool little uh, exhibit where, I guess it'll be changing every so often, but right now it's a place where you step into like this half dome and there's a whole bunch of big screens around you and you speak and your, uh, whatever you say is instantly translated in real time into 24 different languages and displayed on the screen. So I thought that was cool. And again, they do say there's an expert store team on hand to answer questions, offer repairs and troubleshoot issues on the spot. So... 
that's that's key right there. And I've talked about this before on the podcast, but I will likely be switching to the new Pixel when it comes out, the Pixel 6. Um, I've been on the iPhone for a while. While I love it, I am ready for a change. And I do love the Pixel camera. So if they mix a good camera with good hardware, I am totally sold and I will be switching to that. So I do think that that Google gets kind of a raw deal. Like Apple gets so much attention, but... And they, you know, look, and there's no denying they do things really, really well. But, you know, Google really has an amazing thing happening with their Pixel. It's just that it's just not in the public kind of eye enough. Like people don't give it enough credit for all the amazing things it does, whether it's the camera, whether it's the software, whether it's the, you know, um, you know, Google Lens, the way you search, the way voice assistant works. And I think part of that is because there's just not a strong ecosystem. There's no real companion watch. The hardware has been, every single pixel, the hardware has been hit or miss. And it's like, the it's just, you know, the one pixel that had great hardware was the 4XL and it didn't have an ultra wide when everyone else was doing ultra wide. And now the new one, the five has an ultra wide, but it doesn't have a zoom and the, the processor is really bad. So it's like, all these little things, and don't get me wrong, for the average person that just needs a phone to do the things that phones do, it's fine. Like a, a Pixel 5 is fine. I think it should be a little bit bigger. The 4A is amazing. Um, or the, what is it? The 4A XL? Um, no, the 4A 5G. Sorry. Um, so, you know, it's a great phone. It's just I think people don't give them enough credit because Apple just kind of sucks all the air out of the room with what they're doing because it's just so unbelievable. You know, you look at the way the Apple Watch works with the iPhone, works with the iPad, works with everything. And then you add on top of that, the apps are so well crafted for the iPhone compared to Android in many circumstances. Uh, it's really tough to beat. And when I go out and about, it's like there is the standard and that is the iPhone. And it's like, okay, well, you know, you know, there's other things out there, but it's just tough sometimes. Anyway, cool for you, Google. I hope you open one up in Los Angeles. I think that would be a, a good place for you to open one as well. All right, Monica says, my husband and I are buying a home in Port Charlotte, Florida. It's in a remote area. What options do you recommend since internet service is slim and my husband will be working from home? Thank you for your help. My husband said we might have to back out of the purchase if he can't find a way to work from home. Face plant. Is that face plant or hand? What's the hand on the face? Is that a face plant? Can I hover over this emoji and see what it means? Nope, I can't. Um, wait, can I? Let me copy. Oh, explore. Here we go. Let me see. Oh, woman face palm. Oh, face palming. Face palming. Okay, there you go. <laughs> you got to love Google. Find us an answer in a second. Uh, Monica. Uh, okay. So a couple things. Number one, you can check a website. Uh, you can check like a website called like highspeedinternet.com. Highspeedinternet.com is a website. Now I found that these internet checkers are a little bit hit or miss. A lot of times they're just taking a bunch of data and it's not necessarily verifying like your exact like specific address. Sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. So once you go to highspeedinternet.com, and put in your address, and let's say it says like, you know, Spectrum and Verizon are are available there. Well, then you want to go to the Spectrum and Verizon websites and pop in your, your address and then double check and see. And you want to check for the speeds. Now, for your husband, you know, I know he's working from home, but I'm sure anything, you know, 50 down should be fine. Um, 
you know, you don't, I'm, depending on what he's doing for work, but if he's just doing like Microsoft Teams or, you know, Zoom or any of these things, you don't need a huge amount of bandwidth. Now, if he's uploading and downloading giant video files like I do, yeah, you probably want something a, a lot higher than that. So that's uh, the recommendation. The other two things I would check, uh, T-Mobile has a new ISP. So T-Mobile.com slash ISP. And T-Mobile ISP is basically, they're using their, their, wireless infrastructure to offer you home high-speed internet. Now, this high-speed internet, the the speeds are not guaranteed to be as fast as something that's wired, but it depends where you live. I mean, in some places, T-Mobile has really good service. And so if you're in one of those places, boom, you can have really good service. Let me just go on the, uh, let's go to the T-Mobile map. And I'm looking at Port Charlotte. And from what I can see, uh, it doesn't have 5G coverage, but it does have 4G, um, and it looks like it's pretty solid coverage, like the entire area. So I can definitely tell that it's it's a more rural area than areas around you, which is like North Point and uh, some of the other cities nearby. But for for the most part, you're you're in a service area. So I would definitely check out T-Mobile ISP. I think it's like 50 bucks a month, and they send you this... Uh, this router, you put it like near a window and, uh, you, you know, your speeds are determined by their service there. So definitely check that out. The other thing, and this is a little bit more wild, but, uh, Starlink is what SpaceX is doing for, uh, for, for high speed internet with satellites. And so it's a little bit more expensive to get started with it, but you know, people are re- reporting that the service is pretty good. And so again, um, you know, depending on what your husband needs, you know, this, uh, this could work for you as well. So those are a couple of good options for you and uh, check them out and let me know how the new house is. All right, so Spotify is launching their Clubhouse competitor. And what we've realized, it's called Green, uh, what's it called here? It's called uh, Green Room. And this is a, an app, it's kind of like a, an acquisition they made, but uh, they are opening it up. I was not able to find it in the app store, so I couldn't download it and check it out, but it looks identical to Clubhouse. And not just Clubhouse, but Twitter Spaces. And then also Facebook is getting their own version of um, this as well. And it's, uh, it's already happening, like they're beta testing it. Thanks to uh, Jim for sending me the link to that. But here's the thing. So just like, you know, just like stories, it sounds like these rooms and these audio rooms are now a feature of everything. Like every app is going to have an audio feature. So we've got Twitter with it. We've got Spotify with it. We've got um, Facebook with it. You know, Instagram will probably end up having it. I think they actually talked about doing like an audio only um, room for, you know, you can go Instagram live. It's the same thing, except people are listening instead of watching. And so, uh, you know, this is, this is Spotify's, uh, you know, version of this, which I think is going to be pretty cool because it's Spotify. And I'll, I'll tell you that I've been testing Spotify for the past couple of weeks. I'm waiting for the feature, um, for Spotify to come to the Apple watch. So um, they gave me a couple months of Spotify to kind of test it out because they couldn't like enable my account, which I thought was kind of funny. They couldn't directly enable my Spotify account, but they're like, okay, here's a couple months of Spotify premium so that you can try it out when it launches. And so I installed it. I've been using Spotify. I'm not a Spotify user, but I got to say, 
I have been quite impressed with Spotify as a non-Spotify user. Um, they do have a lot of playlists. They do update their home screen with like a lot of fresh stuff to listen to all the time. There are so many playlists like for every single little slice of how you're feeling or wanting to listen to. And I'm just waiting for it to, to be able to download the music to your watch because that was the big feature that everyone has been waiting for for so long. And honestly, it's the feature that has me subscribing to Apple Music because for many, many years, that was the only way that you could get downloaded music to your Apple Watch was to, through Apple Music. And so now that Spotify offers it, I'm going to kind of see like, is it, a, is it best to keep Apple Music or do we switch to Spotify as our main music service? I mean, they're both the same price, 15 bucks a month for the family plan. So it also depends on, you know, who has the better offering for kids because my kids are starting to listen to music. And I will say, you know, here's where Apple's, you know, semi-evil plan to make everything kind of um, work together seamlessly is that, you know... It, since everything is built into their products, it is so much easier. Like when your kid has an iPad to just literally they're signed into YouTube or um, Apple music. And it's like, Oh, here, just here's your music. Cause we're on the family plan and your Apple ID is linked to mine. And it just does that over and over. Oh, okay. You need to do this. Just use this app. That's already on your iPad. So I get it. And Apple does a really nice job with these apps, but it's just, it's their little plan definitely works. That's for sure. It keeps you from, you know, using some other products that you might use if you had to download something. You might, you might go and research like what the best music service is, or you just use Apple music because it's on there and it's easy and it's integrated. So I'm not knocking Apple music in any way. I think it's great, but it's just one of those things where the, the less friction involved, you know, the better it is for, or the, the better it is for the company that that's making it less friction involved, which is Apple in this case. Green Room has a couple of interesting features. Uh, you can have up to a thousand people in a room. Uh, let's see. You can virtually applaud speakers by giving them gems in the app, and uh, the gems don't have any money value. But um, there's and there's no way to make money on this just yet. But there is some sort of like creators fund that Spotify is uh, launching and participants will be able to receive payouts for their work based on their audience size and consumption, apparently, uh, according to Hollywood Reporter. So I think the, the the trend we're seeing with all of these apps nowadays, these new, like, you know, not just the social media apps, well, I guess them too, but it's like, where's, you know, show me the money. Where's the monetization? Where? How can I make some money? If I become really popular on your platform, how do I make money? Like, can I get a payout from this? And it's funny because when we, when all these platforms first started, maybe with the exception of YouTube, that really wasn't a thing. And now you've, we've seen Twitter, they're introducing so many features that will enable you to get money. Um, and, you know, Patreon is kind of like the third party service that enables all this stuff. But now we're seeing all these individual services do it on their own, but it's, it's all over the place. So now it becomes very complicated. So if I want to follow you on Twitter and send you a gem on Greenhouse, um, you know, it's like, how do you, it, it, or green room rather, not greenhouse, green room. It's like, it's, it's this whole idea. This is why it all comes back to the same idea I've had for years. I would love, and someone please make this, I would love for every month, I just have a, a, a little wallet on my, it follows me around on my browser and it integrates with things like Twitter and, and Facebook and YouTube or whatever. And it's just a little tiny like tip jar but it follows me. It's like built into every app. So let's say I put, you know, I just subscribe. I put in, you know, $10 a month 
And of course, you know, the tip jar company gets like a dollar of that for me or 10% or 30%, whatever they want to take. And then I get the rest as little gems or whatever. And then I can gift those to people as I go along. So let's say I read a really good article from someone. I can give them a little tip. Let's say I watch a cool YouTube video from someone that I really think is great. I can give them a little tip. Let's say I uh, listen to someone's speech on uh, or clubhouse room. I can give them a little tip. So again, it's not like, you know, to sit there and subscribe to different creators and stuff for $5 a month is really kind of like it backs you into a corner because you're like, ah, I'm already subscribed to one person. I can't really do another person. I mean, that's like a lot of money every month. But if you just put $10 into this little wallet or whatever it is, 20 bucks, who knows? you know, and the ability to give that to different people, I think would be really transformative for the web because people would be able to go on their own. Let's say I ran my own website, you know, richontech.tv that was, you know, I was independent. I would just put this little tip jar on there, you know, integrate it in there. And, you know, when people read my articles or my posts or whatever, they can give me a little tip. So I think it would enable many more people to be creative in the ways that they want to be on these platforms without, choosing to, you know, they have to be on one or give it, give it their all on one platform. Like they can kind of be in different places and just all that money comes to the same place. So I think that would be transformative. I think I talked about in that, in my podcast a long time ago with someone like Stripe that should launch that or something. Someone needs to do that because I really think that rewarding people individually on the web, because we're, we're, getting into this world where like so many people are building like a little business on the web. It's like, why can't we reward them in an easy way without a subscription to their, you know, YouTube or without, you know, becoming a super follower on, on, uh, Twitter or without, you know, on Instagram, there's no way to really, to really tip someone or give them props or anything, you know? So anyway, I think it would really, uh, really be good. Marilyn says, hey, Rich, can you advise about portable Wi-Fi? My phone receives many junk emails about these devices. In particular, I'd like to know how they work while traveling on vacation. Thanks, Marilyn. Marilyn, you're referring to a Wi-Fi hotspot, and um, I don't know why you're getting so many junk emails. Maybe you mean like you're just getting emails from your carrier about them. But I would say um, when it comes to a hotspot, you don't, the average person does not really need one these days because your phone functions as a perfectly good uh, personal hotspot. So if you have an iPhone or an Android, just there is a hotspot feature built in. Now, the main thing about that is that you are limited to the data allotted for your hotspot. And you can call your carrier or look on your plan on your carrier's app and it will tell you how much data is allotted to your hotspot. And I believe for me, it's like 15 gigabytes a month, which, you know, between me and my wife, we both get 15 gigs. That's a pretty decent amount. And our kids have their iPads where they automatically connect to our iPhones. And, you know, when they're out and about, they just use our, our phones as a hotspot. Um, otherwise, if you want a dedicated hotspot, the benefit of that is that it's a little simpler to manage because you can plug it in, you can leave it turned on. If you're in a hotel room, you just kind of, you know, your hotspot is independent of your, you know, phone. So it's always turned on. You're creating this little Wi-Fi hotspot, but you will have to pay for a separate plan. And you'll probably want a data only plan from your carrier to do that. And you can ask your carrier if you're with T-Mobile, get a T-Mobile hotspot, add it to your plan, and you can do that. The downside of that is that you're going to be paying for that every month, no matter what, whether you use it or not, you're still going to be paying for this hotspot. So if you have something like an RV or if you travel a a real lot for work, that might make a lot of sense. But if you're just a casual traveler, 
just use the hotspot on your phone. And that's what I recommend. The only other option I can tell you about is uh, ZTE uh, has a portable hotspot that uh, I did a feature on, and uh, it basically is an unlocked hotspot. And um, oh, let's see, is it the Z, ZTE ZMAX Connect? And what's cool about that is that it's unlocked. So you would buy this hotspot. I think you can get on Amazon. And it's, uh, I think it was about a hundred bucks when I did a story on it. But the cool thing about it is that it's, uh, you can just pop a SIM card into it. And, um, oh, okay, it looks like they have a newer one now. ZTE uh, Velocity. This is a, uh, an unlocked mobile Wi-Fi hotspot. Uh, but weird, the picture is AT&T. But anyway, so just ZTE, look them up and see their hotspot. But you can put a SIM card in there that's prepaid. And so the benefit of that is that you can kind of run through your data um, without paying a monthly fee. You just kind of buy a bunch of data. And sometimes they expire 30 to 90 days, but you put that SIM card into this device and then you can use it. And if you don't need it the next three months after that, you just let it sit dormant and you buy a new SIM or you reactivate it. But I would go uh, use your phone first. And then if you need anything else, then you can go the, uh, the route of getting a dedicated um, Wi-Fi hotspot. Ikea is uh, teaming up with Sonos for a brand new picture frame speaker. This is the Symphonisk uh, picture frame Wi-Fi speaker. And so it looks like a piece of art, but it's uh, actually a disguised, uh, I guess, Sonos speaker, which looks really cool. Now I'm trying to figure out which room I could put this in because I already have Sonos in pretty much all my rooms except for the office. And if you follow me on Instagram, you know I just bought the Sonos Roam, which I, I like. Um, and it's just small. I mean, I like the Move better because it's bigger and it's got better sound. But the Roam is good for like, you know, taking it on little trips and vacations because it's so small. But this one is a $200. It looks like a picture frame. Well, not really a picture frame. It looks like a piece of art. So the fact they're calling it a picture frame Wi-Fi speaker, I think is a little misleading because it's not a place where you put a picture. It's just a piece of artwork. And so you can put this on your wall. You hang it. It does have a cable coming out from the bottom of it. So you have to be aware of that. But it's white. It kind of blends in. The, the picture frame itself comes in white or black. And then you can also put in different pieces of artwork that they have from Ikea. And they're each $20. So it's $200 for the speaker then $20 for the individual pieces of artwork. Looks like it comes with one piece of artwork that like the starter artwork. And then if you want to replace that, you can, but, um, it looks cool. It's a good idea. I have not heard it, so I don't know how, how good it sounds, but if you're looking for that kind of cool, sleek, um, you know, room that you want things to blend in, it's, it's definitely cool. I mean, I would, I would get this. I just don't really know of a place. I guess I can get it in my, um, I don't know what's going to happen to this office here that I'm, I'm in probably going to go back to becoming a, a guest room or the kids room once I'm out of here for work. <laughs> Where am I going to do my podcast? I got to figure out a new home. Uh, the speaker is going to be available July 15th. Of course it works with, uh, Sonos, which is the beauty of this speaker. And you know, I love Sonos. It's basically the Switzerland of streaming services. Even though they do have their own Sonos radio, you basically connect all your different streaming services to this Sonos app, and that allows you to listen to the same music across every room in your house where you have a Sonos speaker, or 
You can have every Sonos speaker playing something different at the same time. Now that you may be limited by your streaming service, they may not allow you to have, you know, 10 different streams going at the same time. I've noticed that uh, with like, uh, what was it? Amazon music the other day. It was like, sorry, this is already playing in another room. I was like, oh, wow, you guys are good. And so I had to pause the music on one speaker and then finally it started on, on another but I think that, uh, you know, if you have different services or, you know, you can use some of the free services, you know, there's a million free services out there. You can connect those to Sonos as well and just listen to things. So kind of cool, different. Um, you know, Ikea had those other two speakers. They look like, I think one was a lamp and one was a bookshelf speaker. And I did want the lamp. I actually wanted that for my bedroom. I never got it. But now that I think about it, maybe I should reconsider because, I didn't realize they were still making those. Like I thought it kind of like didn't never really came to be. But uh, July 15th, oh, I'm looking at the different colors here. So yeah, black and white are the two different colors. Kind of cool. Oh, wow. It looks like, oh, here it is. The uh, the other lamp is still around. Actually, the base of the lamp that they make with the Sonos speaker looks like a HomePod, the big HomePod, the old one. But uh, yeah, picture frame with Wi-Fi speaker. Not available just yet. You got to wait until July 15th. Michael says, Rich, can you download different apps like Roblox on the Amazon Fire HD 10 Kids Pro? Now, Michael was referring to a review I did on KTLA for the Fire, um, the brand new Amazon sent them along, the Fire HD 10 Kids Pro. They actually sent both of the Fire HD 10s, the new ones, the kids and the, uh, the regular one. Now, I'm just going to be completely honest here. I'm not a fan. I just, I'm just not. And I'll, I'll tell you, look, I know there's, uh, you know, some of you listening that are saying, Rich, I have one of these things. It's just fine. And yes, it is just fine. But honestly, you know, Amazon could do better with these things. They're, the software is actually really good. I think that Amazon does a nice job with the software on these things. The hardware, it just leaves so much to be desired from the low memory to the low processors to the screen quality to, you know, audio quality seems to be fine, but it's just, I just, it's one of these things where, yes, they're cheap, and I think that's why people buy them, and they're a very good deal when it comes to the price. So, you know, especially for Prime Day as it's coming up, it's, you're going to be able to get one of these tablets for such a low price that it's like a no-brainer. Like, why would I, why would I pay $330 for an iPad when I can get this tablet for like 100 bucks? And I get that, and I totally understand, and I'm not going to say don't get it, but just know what you're getting yourself into. If you're just literally watching things and listening to music and reading books, it will be just fine. But it's the experience of using it that is just slow, it's sluggish, it's it's frustrating at times. It's just not the best experience, especially when you get to the, the buttery smooth workings of an iPad. And I know, Rich, you love Apple. Oh my gosh, all you do is ever talk about Apple. I know, but the reality is the iPad is such a great device that it's really tough to beat. And so, yeah, you're going to save a, a lot of money getting the, the fire, but it's going to be frustrating. And it's, there's going to be moments when, you know, you just don't want to use it or it's just not that good. And it's fine. You know, I actually had a friend over and I know uh, her kids have the, uh, the, the Kindle, the fire, or not the Kindle, the fire tablet. And I said, you know, if I said on TV that the Fire tablet is frustrating and slow and laggy, would you be annoyed? Would you be upset? And she said, well, I don't know. What do you mean by that? And I said, well, she goes, they're just fine for like the kids playing games. And so I said, all right, that's that's fair enough. 
Um, so again, it is just fine. Like to the average consumer that's not testing a bunch of stuff, it is just fine. But I'm just saying you can do better. And I think the iPad entry-level iPad on sale, you know, you get it for $299 or whatever. It's, yes, it's more expensive, but your the experience out of that device is just going to be so infinitely better. But with that said, Michael, to answer your question, Roblox, so I specifically wrote about Roblox in my uh, Fire Kids review because I knew I the line was something to the extent of, Yes, it does this and it does that, but let's be honest, the first app your kid is going to download is Roblox and it plays that too. Well, when I went to shoot my segment for this thing, we downloaded Roblox because I wanted to make sure and test it out. I got so many problems with this situation with the with the device. It went into a boot loop where it just kept restarting and kept restarting every time we tried to open Roblox on this thing. Now, this could have been an isolated uh, incident. I emailed Amazon. I said to them, I said, hey, you know, I'm having a lot of issues with this. Have you seen this before? And they said, no, we've never seen that. Um, No one else is reporting that. And that was it. They didn't really care to follow up. And so I just kind of, I took that line out of my piece for KTLA. I didn't, I didn't leave in the line where it can play Roblox. And I felt bad because I know that's what parents wanted to know, but I, I couldn't feel right, you know, including the, the Roblox, Roblox bit, knowing that we had so many problems running Roblox. And I know that's the game that kids want to play. And I'll be honest, what my kids said when I gave them this tablet to test out with Roblox, they, they literally threw it back at me and said, nobody should buy this. And that was their words. And I'll be honest, um, that's a kid. And so they were able to see the quality difference between an iPad and a, a, a Fire tablet. And again, I'm just telling you this so that you're equipped and you understand what your situation. The beauty of these tablets is that you can return them. If you get it and you hate it and you can't deal with the with the situation or how it runs, just return it to Amazon. They'll be more than happy to take it back. If you get it and you get through all the steps and you set it up and it works just fine and you've got this uh, the kids the kids uh, what do they call it? The parents dashboard on it and it works great for you, then fine, just use it. And it's, it's, I'm just telling you my thoughts. You're listening to the Rich on Tech podcast. This is Rich on Tech's thoughts. These are my thoughts. And so I'm just giving you my experiences so that you know, and you can compare them against other people's experiences. Read a couple of reviews online about the Fire Kids tablet, the 10, and see what they say about it. If they say it's amazing, then, you know, weigh those two, weigh those two opinions together, kind of average them out and say, okay, I'll try this. I'll give it a, I'll give it a spin. And if it's terrible, I'll return it. And with that said, I will say what I think is really good about these tablets is the software on them. I think is is pretty darn good. Um, they've got everything built in that you need. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of things that are not there. Like the Google apps are not there. You can't install them easily. And yes, you can sideload. And yes, you can download. You know, ways of getting them. But that's not for the average consumer. The average consumer is not sideloading Chrome. The average consumer is not sideloading Gmail. The average consumer is not sideloading YouTube. So to get those native apps that work really well, you can't get them easily. You can't just download them from the Amazon App Store. And so for all these reasons, it's just kind of not the best experience. You have to use their apps and what they, um, you know, their web links to to YouTube and to Gmail. So you got to use the web versions of those things. Um, I do like what Amazon's doing when it comes to the parental controls. The kids dashboard is amazing. And if your interest is in keeping your kids safe on these tablets, I think these tablets do a really, really good job of that. In fact, really, really good. I'm maybe not better than the iPad about the same, but it's uh, Amazon really has it down. I mean, they've gotten it 
lockdown. So I think that in that case, uh, I was very, very impressed with what they're doing there. So again, I'm just, you know, giving you some thoughts and things to kind of noodle around in your brain. If you're thinking of getting one of these things, just know that there is a reason why they cost less and it doesn't make them a bad thing. It just makes it so that if you can, if you're like, if you use it and you're fine with it, it's fine. Like you just saved a bunch of money and it's like, Rich, all I'm doing is reading a Kindle book on here. Well, fine. It's going to work great for that. Rich, all I'm watching are Netflix shows or Prime videos or whatever. Fine. It's going to work just fine for that. You don't need a lot of horsepower to watch videos on a, on a tablet. Uh, now, if you're telling me you're going to try to run your home-based business on there or blog or edit videos or capture any kind of pictures on this thing, no, that's not going to work. If you're using it you know, to run a home, you know, a little eBay business or something like for a tablet, no, not going to work. Um, drawing, making pictures, creating stuff, not going to work. Consuming content, going to be just fine. All right, Michael, hope that answers your question. Let me know what you end up doing. All right, uh, let's see. Let's talk about this shower head. So I tested a shower head called the Nebbia, it's got a long name, the Nebbia by Moen Quattro. And it's uh, a shower head that it got a lot of um, publicity because Tim Cook, Apple CEO, loved this shower head. And so this company's been around, I think they said for six years. The technology was really expensive, but now it's gotten down to a price that you know the rest of us can actually consider. Still expensive. It's still $99 on Kickstarter, $129 when it gets to stores. But I tried it out. And the thing is, this is supposed to be easy. They use like this system called, uh, this process called atomization to make the water into this really fine mist. So it feels, the best I can describe it, is it feels like a sauna, but instead of like a mist of water, like that, you know, you can't really see in the sauna or like a little bit. This is like, it feels like a sauna times a thousand. So your entire shower is like filled with this mist-like water that just collects on your skin and, and, you know, these droplets are everywhere. And so for that reason, A, they don't recommend a... Um, a shower, uh, what's it called? A shower curtain setup. They would recommend kind of like a, an enclosed shower, like glass doors, at least, you know, mostly enclosed. Like my shower is mostly enclosed. It's not fully enclosed. I think that's how most showers are. Maybe there's some that are fully enclosed, but I guess there are. Um, so the deal with this thing is that they sent it to me to test it out. I installed it on my um, shower. And of course my shower um like a lot of homes in Los Angeles is just totally messed up. It doesn't, it's not the standard shower situation. So I had my handyman take a look and he's like, yeah, the pipe that comes out of your wall is really short. So you, you would need to install like a new pipe and it's this whole big thing. So I end up getting it to work on my kid's shower, which still it was not perfect and they have a shower curtain. So it was like this whole big thing where it got the whole bathroom wet, but I was able to test this thing out and actually shower in it and my kids as well. And I will say it was amazing. It was a great experience and it was it was pretty darn different than what a typical shower head feels like. And the other thing is that this is saving a ton of water. So it feels better, but it's also saving like 40% water. And I've got a water bill that just keeps getting out of control. And so this would be very appealing to me. Now, I didn't end up keeping this on my shower because it's not really compatible with my what I said, my shower setup. Um, but I would consider this if it was, and I think that you should too. It's a really cool shower head. It's, uh, it's on Kickstarter, so definitely not generally um, 
I'm very skeptical of Kickstarter stuff because it just feels like so many people get burned with it. But this company says they've they've already done $7 million of Kickstarter on the platform. They've done other things on Kickstarter. They are going to ship this. They said, now here's the thing. This is why I always say with Kickstarter, I'm very cautious because when they first told me about this thing, oh yeah, we're going to ship it in August. And the day that I was doing my story, the morning of the story, they're like, oh, by the way, we're changing that to September. I said, what? So I had to go back and retape all the stuff that I used to send out to my partner stations because, you know, it is taped the day before. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. And so again, this just goes to show that with like Kickstarter, it's like, it's never a, a firm deal. It's like, how did it go from August to September in like literally the day of launch, it changes. And so you just have to be very aware of the pros and cons of Kickstarter. I love the fact that Kickstarter can make these amazing ideas come to reality. But on the flip side, a lot of stuff gets on there that never really gets made or worse yet, you know, your money is is either taken or held up and you don't get things and it's just delayed upon delay upon delay upon delay. So just be aware of that. But if you want to watch the story, it's called the, uh, here's the, the way to find anything I talk about, by the way, just, just Google KTLA Demuro plus a keyword. Like in this case, it would be Nebia. And if you can't remember Nebia, just KTLA Demuro showerhead. So let me just try it. KTLA Demuro showerhead. And that immediately brings up my story. So that's, that's how you, you find something that I've mentioned on TV. It's very, very simple. And it always comes to the top result. Um, I mean, what can I say? It's cool. It's great. I mean, it's going to change the world. I don't know, but it's definitely, I, my headline was I took a shower using a shower head that feels so indulgent. It's hard to believe it's actually saving water. And, and I will agree with that. I think that it was a, a very cool experience. My kid uh, also said the same thing. He said, that is like the most amazing shower ever. So, I mean, even if a, if a kid could say that and understand that, that's, that's pretty cool. All right, uh, let's see. Next question. Marin says, hey, Rich. Hi, Rich. What's a good iPhone memory cleaner? Thanks. Send for my iPhone. Marin, you don't need one. There is no iPhone memory cleaner. And if you get one, it's bogus. There is no such thing. iPhone apps cannot cannot do things to the, the, the operating, the core operating system like they can on Android. So they can't clean out the memory. So you do not need an iPhone memory cleaner. And if there are any on the app store, I don't know what they're doing because uh, it's just not something that's possible. Let me look. Memory cleaner. Uh, Smart cleaner, junk cleaner, phone cleaner, system, phone doctor, battery life. Yeah, there's a ton of them. They're all bogus. Just ignore them. You don't need them. Um, The only thing you can do on an iPhone to kind of get things back up and running or clear out the memory, whatever you want to call it, is just restart your phone. And so you can do that by holding down the power up button and the um, Siri button, and that will give you a slider to power off. Or you can go into settings, and uh, it's settings, general, uh, reset, and uh, sorry, not reset, uh, general, and then shut down, and you can shut down your phone and then power it back up. But those are the only two things you need to know. There's no way to like really do what you do on an Android. Like the the Samsungs have like that built-in like memory optimization thing, and that's I think what a lot of people have gotten used to over the years. But you don't need that for an iPhone, and thankfully you don't because I, I have literally almost never seen an iPhone get bogged down with like any sort of memory issue because all apps run 
in their own little sandbox, basically. And so when you open up an app, it runs, it's using the system resources. When you shut it down, it's when you, you know, close out of that app, even if you don't close it out, like people love to like swipe out their apps. You don't need to do that on an iPhone. And I've been guilty of it. I'll do it every once in a while, but it's mostly just a nervous thing. It's just like a, a you know, fiddling with my phone thing. It's not really necessary. Now, if an app is acting up, yes, you can close it out. And uh, that, you know, once you close it out, you can restart the app and it should be just fine. All right, final question. Martha via Instagram says, hey, Rich, I've been following you since the KTLA, uh, since you joined KTLA, you've never disappointed. Thank you. What's your recommendation of the iPad? Uh, I'm a phone fanatic and I want the best form of reference for my photos, laptop versus iPad. Uh, is it the most current model if I buy it through HSN? Uh, well, to answer your iPhone versus, or sorry, iPad versus laptop question, if you are only just doing photos, I would definitely go iPad because I think it's a great, great canvas for photos. And um, you can load all your photos on there using iCloud. Even if the storage isn't enough, you can load them all up there. And, um, you know, they'll be stored in iCloud, but in the cloud, but they'll also be viewable on your iPad. You'll be able to edit them. If you want to get really fancy, you can use the Apple Pencil, but you can, you know, your finger will work just fine. But I think it's a great, great canvas for editing and, and referencing your pictures and organizing them and all that stuff. Laptop, I would say only if you're like really doing um, maybe some heavy photo organization. I don't know. I mean, laptop seems like overkill to me. So if you're just, if your only interest is in photos, I'd say go iPad. As for the most current model through HSN, I would um, cross-reference HSN with um, something like the Mac Rumors Buyer's Guide. And it should tell you on the buyer's guide, like what the latest version of the uh, device is. So if you look at the, um, let's look at the 11 inch iPad Pro, it's, uh, let's see, does it tell you like what the, um, you got to find the model number of the uh, the device they're selling on HSN and then compare that against, um, you know, just look up that model number and see if it's the most recent. I think it should I think the buyer's guide would show you that, but I don't really, I'm, at first glance, I'm not really seeing it. But if you look at recent releases, um, you really need the model number. Oh, you know what? You can just go to, um, I think you can just go to the Apple website and just look at the model number and compare those and make sure if it's the most recent one. And that that should really do it. But I'd say, yeah, go iPad. That's like my dream. My dream is to just use an iPad for everything because I'm, I'm so dependent on my laptop because I'm video editing so much. I would love to make that switch to like an iPad Pro or something with a keyboard because then you have the best of both worlds. Touch screen, you got all the iPad apps, but then you can use your, your lap or your computer. Not your computer. You, you just have the best of both worlds, right? You get kind of a computer and a, and a tablet all in one. Oh, that sound means it's the end of the show. Thank you so much for listening. If you would like to submit a question for me to answer, just go to my Facebook page, facebook.com slash rich on tech. Hit the big blue send email button. Also, I would love it if you would rate and review this podcast to help other people discover it. Um, that's always handy. I know it seems like one of these things that like, ah, I don't really feel like doing that, but please leave a written review and I will read it on the show if I get a new one. Um, 245 ratings. We have a 4.8 out of five. So thank you for that. You can find me on social media at Rich on Tech. And no matter where you live in the US, you can download the free KTLA Plus app on Apple TV, Fire TV, and Roku. Little confusion. 
It's not available through the Apple TV app. You have to have a physical Apple TV device to download that KTLA Plus app. Once you have it, scroll to the technology section and watch all of my TV segments on demand. My name is Rich Demiro. Thanks so much for listening. There are so many ways you can spend an hour of your time. I really do appreciate you spending it with me. I'll talk to you real soon. Thank you.